0: Welcome to episode 221 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here. Jason is not with me this week, but we've still got a ton of great stuff here because we've got Chuck Garrick of Bisto Blanco and Alice Cooper here with us this week. Well, I say us, I guess with me, but Jason is part of that interview, so technically with us. It's been about, I think, three weeks since our last podcast. So thanks for hanging in there and checking this one out. It's been even longer since we recorded one because there's been a lot of stuff going on. And this past week or two leading up to Rocklahoma, me being out of town, Jason moving, all kinds of stuff going on. So it kind of made it hard for us to link this up. So I'm just running this one by myself this week so we could get this Chuck Garrick interview out to you finally. We will be back, both of us next week, with our Rocklahoma review review. We do that every year since we've started this podcast. We throw out a review, and we appreciate those of you that always check that one out. You can find it right here where you find all the podcasts. We also always have that one on YouTube as well. But before I get into this other stuff, I need to let you know that we are sponsored by Medfarm and DEB Concerts. Medfarm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. They're right here, not far from where I live, actually, just a little bit northeast of Onida Road off Highway 51. You can't miss them. They've been there since late last year. They just recently had their official grand opening about a month or so ago. Get in there, check them out. they got a huge selection. Every Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., they have a doctor on site, so you can get your card if you need it. If you already have your card, just go in there and say that Thunder Underground sent you and they will give you 10% off, which is a great deal. An even greater deal is that their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause because 30% of all their profits go straight to help build no-kill animal shelters. And this is a huge passion of theirs. And another great thing about them is that they are truly a mom-and-pop operation because they live here and they are completely invested by themselves. You know, a lot of these dispensaries that you see popping up all over the state in Oklahoma and a lot of other states where this is now legalized, whether it's medical or recreational. A lot of them have outside investors coming in or they're funded from out of state. Whatever. Med Farm is not. They're one hundred percent locally owned. And like I said, thirty percent of that goes to help Build No Cool Animal shelters. So we appreciate them supporting us, and we hope that you support them. You can find them on Facebook, Medfarm, that's P-H-A-R-M. You can also find them on Instagram, at MedfarmOK. Okay. Also, we are sponsored by DEB Concerts. DEB Concerts, based here in the Tulsa area as well. They keep bringing great shows to the Ideal Ballroom. They've been doing that now for quite a while. Bringing in all kinds of acts like Sebastian Bach, Dokken, Bisto Blanco, which you'll hear more about here soon. Slaughter, which we had on uh, about a month ago. They've brought in Tom Kiefer. Let me think, who else am I? I'm forgetting a ton. Striper, Warrant, Firehouse, Lita Ford, Jack Russell's Great White. A huge long list, but adding to that list, June 8th, Lynch Mob will be at the Ideal Ballroom. Severmind and Poster Child will be opening that show up. And just like all the shows there, Eddie Trunk will be hosting that show. So check that thing out. If you're in the area, hit up Severmind or Poster Child to buy your tickets. That helps them out. And you also save money. There's no uh fees that way. But yeah, if you have not seen Lynch Mob ever or recently, you need to check it out. They've not lost any steam. They play all the classics. From Lynch Mob that you know, they also play a few Dawkins songs. George Lynch always throws in Mr. Scary, which is amazing. You usually get Tooth and Nell, which is my favorite Dawkins song. And of course a few others, and then all the great Lynch Mob stuff that in my opinion is highly underrated. Not just the first album with Oni Logan and the second album with Robert Mason, but the later ones were. Robert Mason came back and then of course Oni Logan was back for quite a while and they released three or four couple full albums, a couple EPs with him as well. But yeah, they got a new vocalist now, and he does a great job. They're out there at Rocklahoma, I believe it was last year the year before. I think it was last year. I've seen them here in Tulsa last time. They're here a couple years ago as well. So get out and check these guys out. Support DEB concerts at the Ideal Barroom. And on top of all that, we're right here. This is Rocklahoma Week. D&B Processing is the sponsor for the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma, D E B concerts, is the ones that booked all the acts that are that you will see on the out there on the D and B Roadhouse stage. One of those acts, of course, is Bisto Blanco. They're headlining that stage on Saturday evening. I believe the headline slots for that stage are around five five or so. But so you've got Bisto Blanco headlining one night. You've got Ace Freely headlining another night. Lita Ford. It's headlining one of the nights, and in the Thursday night pre-party, it's headlined by Slaughter. Thursday, you've also got Rocket Science, Poster Child. Throughout the other days, you've Strutter is on Thursday as well, the Kiss Tribute Band. Throughout the other days, you've got Down for Five. We've got the Normandies. We've got Zen Hipster, which, as many of you may know, is my co-host Jason. That He's the rhythm guitarist for Zen Hipster, so be sure to check them out at 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. We've also got Preacher Stone, Doxy, Solidify, Dead Metal Society, Charlie Bonnet 3, and the Falcon Gasholes, which I just love to say that name. We've got the Midnight Devils. They've been on this podcast a couple of times, and they are one of the best and funnest live bands that you can see, so do not miss them. I believe they go on Sunday night, right after Disturbed Ends, if I'm not mistaken. We've also got Driver. There's a ton of other great bands throughout the weekend on all these stages. But get out there to the D&B Processing Roadhouse stage. It's a brand new, the Roadhouse area is a brand new area. There's a lot going on inside there. The d and Processing stage was formerly the Retrospect stage, which D&B Processing has been the sponsor of for the last couple of years. It's moved to a, a different area there in the venue, but it won't be hard to find. I can promise you that. So once again, thank you to DNB Processing and to Medfarm. There's a lot of stuff that you know we really need to go over because it's been like I said. It's been like I think we're at like seven weeks now since we've actually recorded a podcast because, as we talked about on the episodes in April, we recorded three or four episodes at the beginning of April, because I was gone the entire month of April. I was working in North Carolina at a hip-hop festival, and then I was working in California at Coachella both weeks of that, and then Stagecoach. And then I came back and then pretty quickly left to go to Texas to work Caboo Texas. So we had to record a lot of this stuff as much as we could ahead of time. We saved the Bisto Blanca one. Because even though we recorded it right around that same time as well recorded the interview with Chuck, we wanted to hold it and put it out prior to Rock Oklahoma since Bisto Blanco was one of the the main acts on the d n b roadhouse stage. But with all that being said, there was a lot that you know we need to talk about, like stuff that I saw at Coachella or Caboo. Jason went and saw the Rival Sons. I know he went to a couple other things. There's a ton of albums that have come out. Great stuff. We're going to talk about the new album from Bible to the Devil. Our buddies in 13 Minutes released their album a while back. All this stuff we're going to talk about, but I'm not going to do it by myself, because what would be the fun in that? So I'm going to wait till Jason gets back here. After Rocklahoma... I don't know, it might not be on the Rocklahoma review episode because those things are always pretty lengthy in themselves. But if not, maybe we'll put out two next week. Or, regardless, you'll hear about all that stuff at some point coming up. It might not be timely, but we don't care. We'll talk about a Rival Sons concert from a month and a half ago because the Rival Sons are amazing. And if you're not familiar with that new album, Feral Roots, Check that thing out. It's one of the, it could be the best album of the year thus far. I don't know. There's a few, it's neck and neck with a few. So it's definitely in the top five, I think, of what has been released in 2019. Saw them at Rocklahoma a couple years ago. They're great. Saw them open for Black Sabbath. But Jason had the chance to see them up close and personal just about a month or so ago in Fort Smith. So he's going to tell you all about that soon enough as well. But so just here in the meantime, I'm just going to talk a little bit about what's coming up at Rocklahoma. Not going to get too deep into this because, like I said, we'll get deep into it next week after the fact. But this year at Rocklahoma, there are. There's one new stage in the campground area. Last year, we gained a new stage with Maryland's Midnight Mayhem. It kind of took over. In the same area that Camp Yeager was in the VIP, it's not in the exact same area, but Camp Yeager ended the year before last was their final year, so Maryland's Midnight Mayhem kind of filled that gap, and they're really close, just a few spots down from where Camp Yeager always was. So if you were familiar with that, get over there and check that out. There's a ton of great bands on that stage. Thursday, there's all these stages in the campground have Thursday pre-parties. There'll be stuff running all day. From about 3 p.m., I think, till 3 in the morning at most of these stages. There's also the Dark Side Stage, which is now becoming a Rocklahoma staple, a Rocklahoma institution. Chris Taylor and company have crafted something that everybody knows now, kind of like Camp Yeager did. So I believe that Dark Side Stage is one of the great things to experience when you're at Rocklahoma so, if you're going out there, and even if you're not camping, <clears throat> you can park and you can walk into the campgrounds, walk your ass over to the dark side stage. The dark side stage has always tended to focus more on the heavy stuff. I mean, there's always heavy metal, there's always a few bands inside the gates at Rock Loma, and there's always a few bands, you know, at Camp Jaeger when they were here or Maryland's Midnight Mayhem that focus on. The heavy stuff, but Dark Side, that is their forte. They've also got a few other things mixed in, but just like Maryland's Midnight Mayhem, all day Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, before the gates open, and then again after the headliners end, you can get over there and check out a few more bands. And I know one of the days, kind of a cool thing, I think it's the Thursday pre-party, the first act will be Steve Young who was the bass player for Crane Technique. Crane Technique actually broke up maybe a year ago. They were on this podcast. Steve was on this podcast. But he is a phenomenal bass player. He posts videos on his page all the time. He's just a sight to behold. So he's going to do, a, I think, a mini performance before all the bands kick off. So get your ass over there to check that out. And all the rest of the bands on dark Dark Side Stage. Then we've got the Proving Ground stage which is a brand new stage at Rocklahoma. Also in the GA area, all this stuff you can find on the campground maps. Look at any of the Rocklahoma groups to find where everything's at. The Proving Ground stage is brought to you by Murdoch Productions. Steve Murdoch is a great friend of this podcast. He's been on here a couple times. We've been to countless of his shows. He's actually helped us. Recently, with the benefit for The Bachelor as a stage manager, he helped us at Thunder Underground Fest as well managing the stage. Steve is excellent at what he does, and he is not disappointed with the lineup that he's put together for the first year of the Proving Ground stage, which I imagine will be, just like Dark Side a force in years to come. Screaming Red Mutiny will be out there Thursday night putting on their final performance. They recently called it quits. They had a small performance at the recent Tulsa Music Awards, but their final full set will be Thursday night at Rocklahoma. so you don't want to miss that. We have also get the return of Machine in the Mountain, the return of Drek, Dixie Wrecked will be out there if you're not familiar with them. They are country music, but I promise you, even if you don't like country, you will love these guys. I love them. Hey, I like a lot of country, but especially stuff like this that is irreverent as fuck. And they kind of are filling the gap that Wheeler Walker Jr. would have filled himself, I guess. But they were both going to be there, but then Wheeler Walker Jr. is not a part of it anymore. So you can get your fill on that kind of country from our boys in Dixie Wrecked. But yeah, so just pull up the Proving Ground stage. Look at all the great bands on that. And here, I also want to give you a list, just a list of bands that are playing Rocklahoma. Some of these are playing the main stage, some of them are playing the second stage, which is called the Zen stage this year. Some of them are playing the Roadhouse stage, and some are playing the Three Campground stage I just mentioned. You've got Shinedown, Seven Dust, Hate Breed, Slaughter, Corrosion and Conformity, Avatar, Bisto Blanco. Gore, Bad Wolves, Midnight Devils, Rocket Science, Grind, Zen Hipster, Driver, Doxy, Dead Metal Society, The Normandies, Down for Five, Screaming Red Mutiny, Machine in the Mountain, Custom Black, Dixie Wrecked, Fist of Rage, Steve Young, Alter Blood, Crashing Cranes, formerly Murderous Mary, and Eddie Trunk. All of these people will be either, in Eddie Trunk's case, hosting, and the rest of them will be performing at Rocklahoma. But all of those bands that I just mentioned have also been on this podcast. So there, I'm trying to tell you that 27 of these acts, including one Eddie Trunk, so 26 acts and one host, have been a guest on this podcast hey, that's all I got to say. We're in, we're becoming an institution ourselves, just like Dark Side Stage and Rocklahoma itself. Anyway, not to toot my own horn, right? So with all that being said, I think it's time to play some music. And of course, it's Rocklahoma week. So I would be stupid to not play a Rocklahoma band, correct? So I just mentioned Maryland's Midnight Mayhem just a few minutes ago. One of the bands that is playing that stage is Edge Over Edge out of Kansas, and I'm going to play you guys one of their new tracks right now. This is called Mountain Breather. From Edge Over Edge, that is from their forthcoming self-titled album that'll be out on August 13th, so be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, there is a video out for Mountain Breather. They've also got a lyric video out for another song. You can dig through their page. It's Edge Over Edge. That is all one word. Look them up on Facebook. You can find them on YouTube, like I said, Twitter. They're on Reverb Nation. Check these guys out out of Kansas. They are playing Maryland's Midnight Mayhem on a Thursday pre-party at 6 p.m. That's a prime spot when everybody's going to be out there ready to go. So get on over there in the VIP area to check out Edge Over Edge. And then they'll be playing again Sunday night right after Disturbed ends. So once the headlines act in a little bit later, once you work yourself out the venue, get over there and check these guys out again. Great band. Love that sound. It's got a little bit of sludge to it, a little bit of southern to it. You know, you can hear elements of stuff like Persian, conformity, stoner rock, all kinds of stuff in there. And that's the kind of stuff I love, so I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys at Rocklahoma. Alright, so now that we've rambled enough, I didn't think I would ramble this much without Jason here, but I guess that's what happens, right? So, Bisto Blanco will be performing, like I said, this Saturday night at Rock Llama. I have never had the chance to see Bisto Blanco. DB concerts brought him to the Ideal Ballroom. I was out of town for that one, and it's just never worked out to where I've got the chance to see him. But I've watched plenty of live videos of them. Both of their albums are great. Really looking forward to their new album, We Are, which actually comes out... This Friday, while we're at Rocklahoma. So, if you're not at Rocklahoma, check this thing out Friday if you are at Rocklahoma. You can pull this thing up on Spotify or YouTube or something and crank the hell out of it out there in the campgrounds for everybody to check out. I've seen Chuck Garrick live a few times with Alice Cooper, and he is just one of those guys that commands the stage. And it's hard to say that someone commands the stage when they're on stage with Alice Cooper because Alice Cooper's kind of the king of that, right? But he holds his own on a stage with, you know, one of the icons of rock and roll. And he has now started a band with Alice's daughter, Calico Cooper. He talks a lot about that here coming up in this interview. And this is just a great band, just a great hard rock kind of hard rock metal band that just has a cool sound and a great stage show. They're just one of those bands that you do not want to miss live from everything I've seen, everything I've been told by other people that have seen them live, and I will be able to say that myself after Rock, Oklahoma, because I'll be seeing them at the D&B Processing Roadhouse stage, which I hope you will too. But if you're not in this area and you're not making to Oklahoma, just look them up, see where they're playing. They're out there touring. Anytime Alice Cooper is not touring, you can usually find Bisto Blanco on the road as well. So yeah, I think it's time to shut up and we get into this talk right now with Chuck Garrick of Bisto Blanco and Alice Cooper. I noticed you guys are doing the We Are album release tour. What's the actual release date for the album?
1: You know, man, I haven't gotten the exact date yet. And they keep giving me the run around, pushing it back and forth and running around here and there. But I think we're looking at right around the end of May.
0: Okay. And you guys will be touring with um, Hellstorm, and you've played with them before, right? Um, you know...
1: It'll be my first actual tour with uh, with Hellstorm. They're uh, really good friends of ours. We've known them for years. They've uh, opened for uh, for us once when I was in Alice Cooper, or you know still in the Alice Cooper, but one time in Alice Cooper. And then uh, I've got the chance to kind of hang out and meet Joe and Lizzie and the rest of the boys here uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. We we hang out quite a bit and. And uh, get up and jam when, when the occasion is right kind of things like that. So uh, you know, the opportunity came and they're uh, they're able to approach us with uh with a tour and we jumped right on and we're excited to get on the road with them. Uh, we know that they're great people. We know that they deliver some serious rock and roll every night and uh, we just think it's gonna be a hell of a bill. We can't wait to to get on the road with them. We're, we're right on the uh, we're right around the corner from Manhattan. And,
2: how do you think the band has developed over the past seven or eight years that uh, that, that kind of shapes how this new album is going to sound?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's like we're always growing and shifting and changing and, and you know, trying new things. I mean, we, we definitely don't want to, and I don't think we do, we don't fit into one little box category of rock and roll, man. We're like trans-metal, if you will. We, we have all different colors and all types of different things that we do that are, that are unique and, and cool, but that, you know, are, are full of entertainment value and, and sonic value and things like that. So, you know, we, we're, we're always, you know, trying something that, you know, will help us grow as artists. And we have a, a character like Calico in our band and there really are no limitations, you know, with her. She's such a free spirit. She's such an incredible entertainer as well as just a an amazing uh, you know musical talent. So in the rest of the band everybody just sort of has this this you know, attitude as there's no nothing off limits. So with that approach it, it makes it a lot of fun to go into, to the recording studio and, and start hammering out the ideas that you have. And we approached this next, this uh, last record with our producer Ryan Green, who did the last record and you know we submitted probably good 15, 17 tunes or something like that. And we just started picking out the ones that we thought would, uh, you know, kind of showcase our talent a little bit, a little bit of growth, but also still giving the fans that have been with us for all these years, the, the, the taste of Bisto that they've come to, to love and crave so much. So, um, it's, um, it's always a, a tip of the hat to the, to the original Bisto Blanco. And what we did is we started, but at the same time, uh, um, you know, if you're a fan of the old stuff, you're, you're going to love the new record, but you're also going to really enjoy the growth of the band. If you're new to the band, and you'll have a lot of fun kind of going back catalog as well and, and um, getting a chance to see what we were doing beforehand. It's all the same. It's just, you know, there's just a lot of, um, there's a, a lot of different, um, you know, flavors that, we can, that we'd like to add in this band, you know, and there's there's so many different things we can do musically, so uh, we, uh, it definitely sounds like Biso Blanco, but you can hear a little bit of a stretch on a couple of tunes, which is, is really nice, you know, showcasing uh, Brother Latham's um, guitaring skills, if you will, and uh, you know, Tom Sellers drumming is on another level, and just Really great, great time we had recording the record, but Ryan Green really just kind of pushed everybody to um, to do their best and try new things, and uh, it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Well, In the writing process, how does that come together, and um, when do you guys decide uh, that you're going to sing or Calico's going to sing? Yeah, man, I
1: mean, we, we kind of... That's a good question, you know, sometimes we don't know. I mean, there's a song on the record called Solitary Raves that, you know, was definitely written for Calico. You, you know, you, you hear it immediately, just it's, it's, it's um, the lyric, the content of the lyrics and the storyline and the, the vocal delivery. It, it was a song that was never even considered for me to sing. Uh, another song that she sings is called Perception of Me, which is another song uh, written specifically for, for Calico. Um, and then there were some, some songs where we kind of just threw it out there as well. You know, we want to, we love the dynamic of her and I, that, that Nikki and Mallory kind of, that Bonnie and Clyde dynamic that we have on stage and and vocally. And, um, we really wanted to make sure we, we incorporated that by mixing it up inside the song itself. So there's. A couple of tracks where I'll take a verse and she'll take a verse. Um, You know, uh, our vocal range is similar. Uh, We sing a lot different, which makes it a lot of fun. I've always enjoyed bands that had different singers. You know, I I, I loved Kiss as a kid, obviously, and they had, you know, three, four different singers in their band the Beatles and, you know, uh, uh, even Ted Mugent. And and I, I even thought at times, you know, that. Appetite for the structure. I really liked, uh, you know um, It's so easy because I just sounded like a different singer on that song So I, I, I've always enjoyed that, you know, when bands do that. So we we, we approach that sort of with every song We thought well, hey, you know, get in there and sing it and see what it sounds like um, You know, which, which, which kind of gave the song the best feel and then, it, and then it, it helps the set a lot too, because you can really kind of mix and match, and, and kind of just making sure you got the layers there, the peaks and valleys, and all that stuff. When it comes to building the set, and um, gives the, the yeah. audience and them a chance to sort of, you know, uh, just get a complete ear and eyeful of, uh, of music and, and entertainment. And that's really what we're set out to do. We're 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 in this thing to entertain you your senses, you know, and uh, not only visually, but sonically. And, and um, you know, I think that that's, that's one of the, the true values that we have. It's just, uh, you know, we, we love doing is that so we love being up on stage and we love entertaining. It's our way of, of being free.
0: Well, speaking of that, being a theatrical band, outside of the lyric content, do you guys write songs with theatrics in mind, or is that something you think about after the song's been written?
1: Sometimes it, it, I think most of the time we're all such visionaries that it's really hard not to think about, um, some sort of theatrical bit, um, while we're writing something where, you know, it, and keep that in mind too. It's, it's also like we, we, we think, uh, video and, and um, you know, music video, and, and we think about everything more like from a movie standpoint. I've always thought that this, our music would make such a great mu- movie, you know, and we're in the process of sort of writing that now, um, just sort of like a real twisted, you know, Quentin Tarantino type movie that, you know, with, with a really, you know... Um, Serious storyline, something that you know has depth and, and emotion, and we it just like our lyrics and our songs do as well. So I mean, we, we don't really necessarily go out with anything intentionally when we write. It just it just happens, and as things start to develop, you know what it's like. You, you, when you're building something, whether it's a table. You know, you have a plan. You might have a blueprint, but as you start building and you're taking a look at the thing, you can physically see it, or we we when we can actually hear it happening. All of a sudden, now now you know this, this thing is tangible. You can you can you can twist it and change it and, and make it have five legs or six legs or or even just three or something or whatever. You can you can now give it the life and. And change it the way you want it to be, and so that's sort of what happens when we when we write. It just all of a sudden just starts coming to life, and then if there's something theatrical that can go along with the song, then we can include it. So I don't think we ever really set out to do anything except just write a song, and then we let it let the muse take us away. And I've always thought that was such a it's such a wonderful thing when you think about the fact that. It, You guys and myself are listening to music that just started with an idea in our head. And and by picking up our guitar, we started strumming a few notes and singing some melodies and all of a sudden lyrics and arrangement and tones and parts and all these things start coming around and and giving life to this idea. Kind of cool.
2: Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, how much of your experience in in Alice Cooper's band, uh, you know, shaped what you guys do theatrically?
1: Um, I think, well, I mean, it would be foolish for me to say, you know, oh, not much. I mean, it's kind of hard to not have, uh, for me, I I can tell you that I'm a guy that's been paying attention for 16 years. I'm, I'm eyes wide open, um. You get a chance to work with a, an Alice Cooper and Chef Gordon and you get to watch them design a show and see how these things work and don't work, but how they continually try these things and even though they don't work, they, they'll keep trying it. They're not ones to just say no to something right away because maybe it's uncomfortable or they don't think it's cool or any of that type of thing. They You make it cool. You make it fit, but if it doesn't, it doesn't, but... Alex is always, you know, trying, he's such a great entertainer and, and such a, an amazing showman that it, um, you're, you're and, and, and things do go wrong, and, and when they do, you, you just kind of make it part of the show, so I just sort of felt like, you know, we had our chance to um, find out who we were, and it's just something that doesn't happen um, right away, it didn't happen off the Live Fast Die Loud record. We, we have the idea, we have the concept, but we certainly are a completely different band stage-wise now in performing. and performing, and not that we are more choreographed or anything, it's just we, you know, our ideas are, have, have kind of a little bit more polished. So I've, I've sort of, I've learned a lot of that with, with, with Alice, is that, um, you know, you, you got to kind of run with it and then you give it a chance to develop. Um, you know, Calico, coming from that bloodline, I mean, it's just in her, and it's naturally embedded, and I've never seen anyone, male, female, entertain the way that woman entertains. She is, in my book, one of the best in the business. Um, she's just fantastic entertainer, and uh, one of the only people I've ever seen really just let loose. and. Um, she kind of reminds me of a Mortal Kombat character. You know, you just never know what kind of weapons this thing's going to have, or or what kind of you know thing happens at, at times. And it, it could be one way one night, and completely different the next. Um, so as far as, as far as it goes with me, it's, it's, she's always pushing me to 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 be have more fun and uh, you know let loose. And uh, that's what she does, and uh, she's she's really really great at it. I like. I don't think there's. You can give a thousand people lead singers a, a baseball bat, and there's not one of them that's going to wield it like Calico Cooper. No way. <laughs> she owns it.
0: Well, also being in Cooper's band for nearly twenty years, you played with a lot of phenomenal guitarists. Is there anything you picked up from any of them that you've brought to your? time playing guitar with Bisto Blanco?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you know, guitar playing and bass playing are really two different animals. And, uh, you know, there's not much in the rock and roll genre of music that on bass I, I can't handle. And and um, I have a, definitely have a swagger when I'm playing the bass guitar. It's, it's like, you know, you ask a quarterback in the NFL to you know, all of a sudden become a running back, you know. It's it's, it's it's a totally different game now all of a sudden for them. And playing guitar is, although it's, it's a stringed instrument, it's, it's, it's a completely different animal than it is bass guitar as far as I'm concerned. And um, it takes it takes a lot of practice to, to now learn to fret things differently. And the way you strum a guitar is different from how you, you know, play bass. And um, the whole thing was completely um, foreign to me at first singing and playing guitar, although um, I'd done it before lots of times. Um, just seemed um, I really had to develop my own style and my own sound, and it, it's taken years to get comfortable um, with that instrument strapped onto my, my body. And I still practice every day to, to get better at... Um, at the instrument I love writing and I love creating and and um, you know I want to be a better guitar player so I think the thing I've learned from guys that, that in guitar players that have been in the Alice Cooper bands especially the ones that I really love the way they approached their solos um, I love the way they uh, they approach the songs there was a real you know uh, cool cool vibey blues uh classic rock but current approach to some of the stuff so you know for me I just, I just always watched and listened and um uh i just i just try to emulate something that sounds good That it, it just you know and, and for me it's uh <laughs> at this point it, it still is um um I guess you just never know what's going to happen with me on guitar yet. You know, it's just, it's still a, a a paintbrush that you know sometimes it just uh, falls out of my hands and creates its own <laughs> its own art at some point. You know, so I'm just still figuring it
0: out. I'm sure you've been asked this several times in the last couple of years, but what kind of feedback did you get from Alice about your guys' cover of "Feed My Frankenstein"? Alice. He really loved it. I
1: know that he was taken aback by it when he heard it because I know that he had said, um, he never, when I told him I was covering it, he goes, oh, that's cool. And then when he heard it, he, he thought that. Um, he said, I've never thought that song could ever sound sexy. really. You know, and, and he knows that you know, obviously what he's saying is that, you know, Calico just brings another element to things. Like, I think a lot of people didn't even realize it was speed My Frankenstein until I hit the chorus. So.
2: Um, and that was our approach.
1: You know that we're not going to go around covering Alice Cooper songs. We we just wanted to do that one. It was it was an idea. Calico was not keen on it at all. Um, she was really adamant about you know us grinding out our own way. Uh, but when she heard the arrangement and she kind of heard what we were where we were going with it, she thought, well, wow, that's such a weird twist on it. Then yeah, maybe we should do it. And. and uh, yeah, I thought the, the, it just turned out phenomenal. Um, and, and I know
2: Alex really dug it as well. Well, well, uh, do you envision a point where uh, Bisto Blanco becomes the number one focus, or is your, are you always going to be loyal to Alice Cooper?
1: You know, man, I don't know. Um, I focus on what, what the, task on hand, right now the task at hand is. You know, releasing this record and getting out on this tour and and going from there. I I don't want to go too far into the future, of thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna have to make a decision one day and and not do Alice or make a decision and not do Visto. I'm just fortunate enough to be able to do both right now. Yeah, and I'm just you know I'm just taking advantage of of, of my time as an artist and and as and somebody who's got two really great things, you know, in front of them, I, I, it's, and I'm very fortunate, I know that when I look at tour dates and I think, okay, this is amazing, I'm going to go tour with Biso and then come back and then I'm going to go back out and tour with Alice and I get to play all these other places, so I'm definitely not thinking about any of that because I think that takes away the fun. From it I want to just think about creating and making music and, and and kind of just doing the thing that's just given me so much in this life that um, I don't want to take away from from thinking about stopping one thing to do another I think I'll just sort of let uh, the universe make the decision for me
0: Well speaking of new music has there been any talk of new music from Alice Cooper?
1: Oh, man, he's always creating, you know, that guy. He's he's a he's. A liker. he's, he's I know he's working on some stuff right now with Bob, and, and I think, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that's going to keep going and keep writing music until, uh, until everyone stops listening. Then I think he'll stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, as someone that toured with, with Dio, what are your thoughts on this hologram thing?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, you're not the first person to ask you that, and I didn't really even have a thought about it, so people started asking me, and then I went, well, what do I think about it? I think that it's, it's, um, man, I miss Ronnie, you know, and, and I think about him a lot. I think that, um, I wish he was still around, because when I toured with Ronnie, I, I, I would find myself, you know, playing the songs, but I was really listening a lot because I just loved his vocals. I loved his approach and his power and his lyrics and the songs. There was so much to it. Like that that band, Dio, Jimmy Bain, and uh, you know, and, and those guys, they, they really changed my life as a kid. I mean, when that record came out, the first Dio record, I was just hammer and nails and just... Everything you, you could just feel it, and it was just so tough sounding, and so amazing. I to hear that every night was just—it was—it uh, was euphoric. It was—it gave me so much energy. I just loved it. So I miss Ronnie, and I think there's a lot of people out there that do still miss Ronnie. And if, if it's not him, if you can still get a chance to to go see, maybe what it'd be like to hearing him sing these songs and it's, it's, you know, um, I think I can see where people are a little bit against it. Um, but maybe there's a kid out there somewhere that will get inspired by it. I don't know, or learn something new. You didn't know about Ronnie. I mean, what are you going to do, man? I mean, the music still lives on. We can all put in a Dio record right now and you just close your eyes and imagine that time you were at the concert and you did get a chance to see him and now you get to sort of relive that again so I think as long as it's done with you know with respect to Ronnie if he's not turning over in his grave about it then <laughs> go for it man I mean you know I know that with he and, the, and that whole camp of worked their entire life as well um to help ron to get to where he's at and uh i, I would just
0: think they're just trying to carry on a legacy yeah well that's a good point about turning you know someone on a new, you know a kid or something to it and speaking of that i saw your guys the playlist you guys had made last year on spotify for the monstrous things tour and you've got yeah. a kind of a wide gamut there in yours everything from Metallica and Rainbow and newer stuff like Highly Suspect. Like, what are you yeah. listening to these days that you would want to shout out?
1: Oh, man, you know, I kind of, I've been, you know. I've been so just involved in, in, in what's going on with this tour and everything. It's funny that you say that. I, I just sort of found myself just going back to it sort of something that, you know, I, I really loved a lot, and I've been listening to uh, a lot of the Dango Jones, because I know we're going to be on cruise with them in, in um, um, October on the mega cruise. Uh, I've been, you know, I've been, I don't know, I found myself the other day just cranking out some Mother Love Bone uh, from Seattle, just just to sort of just have a little comfort and maybe just take my mind off of uh, the things that are going on around me. You know, I just go back to somewhere where I kind of can have some fun fun memories, you know. And um, you know, I've always got, you know, obviously there's this big clean phase going on right now and I have found myself putting on my old clean vinyls and reliving some of that that as well. And, and I think that's... That approach, too, has been fun, where I'm sort of just letting the music kind of take over and, um, you know, making little notes here and there for for new ideas and the next approach for the next piece record, you know, these little things I've, I take from each experience, even though maybe I've heard these records a thousand times, you still get something else from them. I can't remember where I was the other day. I was out. Um, God, where was I? might have been just at the mall or something, but anyway, Lust for Life, not Lust for Life, yeah, Lust for Life came on. I mean, how many times have we heard that song? Yeah. About 40 million times, right? But you think, I'm just thinking about it as I'm listening to it. I'm going, wow, I've heard the song a thousand times and I'm I'm kind of hearing something new out of it right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, it's weird. It's like, it's got that thing, you know, it's got that groove, it's got that vocal approach. But he has it's so unique, so um, you know, I think that's the beauty of music, man. Maybe you just get something new out of it, even though it's old, and maybe some of this newer stuff you you can you know that can drive
2: you as well. Um, so
1: yeah, I just try to listen to it as much as I possibly can.
2: Yeah, Lust for Life never gets old, ever, <laughs> <laughs> and and we love Danko Jones. I don't, I
1: don't want to be like... Yeah, man, I, I think it was the other one was, was I just watched The Dirt, you know, and Yeah, I just listened to the entire Too Fast for Love record, you know. <laughs>
2: it's
1: such a great album. Yes, yes it and is. And then you listen to even, even, you know, Kickstart My Heart or something, and you're just going, wow, man, I've heard this a thousand times too, and it's such a great song, so, why not? <laughs> I'm really happy for those guys right now. I thought The Dirt was fantastic, and I really happy for their success. I know they're, they're, they're you know, they're making some, some waves right now musically. And I was talking to guys as well. You know, we were texting back and forth, the, the Motley guys. The movie was out. And, you know, they were just so happy and so proud of it. And, and as I started to watch it, it just, you know, made me feel really good too, knowing that I had a chance to tour with those guys and, you know, send them a little, little brotherly love every
0: once in a while through the text messages or when we're in LA or whatever. It's just kind of cool as, you know, I've made that uh, connection with those guys. Yeah. Machine
1: Gun Kelly was spot on as Tommy Lee, I thought. He nailed it, man. Yeah.
0: You nailed <laughs> it. <laughs> right on, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to do this.
1: Thank you, man. Post those tour dates up as well up for the,
3: the
0: part tour coming up April and May. We got all the dates with Hellstorm and our own. So. We'll do you on, up, man, And we'll see you
1: at Rock, We'll see you there, man. I'll talk to you guys soon.
0: All right. Thank Take you. Care. Take care. Bye. There you go. Chuck Garrick of Bisto Blanco. And of course, Alice Cooper. A huge thank you to Doug Burgess of DEB Concerts for helping facilitate that thing for us. And of course, thank you. To Chuck Garrick himself for taking the time out of his day to talk to us there for a bit. Like I said, that was recorded at the beginning of April, and here we are heading into late May. But we purposely held that one off so we could put it out here right before Rocklahoma. It's also a good time because, like we said, he didn't have a a release date at the point when we talked to him, but the release date has been announced now, and Rat Pack Records will be releasing We Are the third studio album from Bisto Blanco this Friday, May 24th. So get online, purchase that thing, get on there right now with Rat Pack Records and pre-order it. I actually have not looked, but I can tell you from experience of looking that Rat Pack Records, if you pre-order any of their artists albums through their website, you can usually get all kinds of great stuff included. Like the pre-orders will include like autographed discs, t-shirts, All kinds of swagger, memorabilia, merchandise. They've always got great packages. So check that out at RatPackRecords.com. Or, like I said, if you're out at Rocklahoma with us, pull up your Spotify and crank the hell out of that in the campgrounds and make everybody listen to it. And in fact, I'm going to play a song for you right now. Because why not? We've got the time. This is the brand new song from Bisto Blanco, The Seeker. Seeker from Bisto Blanco, that's the brand new single, came out last month, that is from the forthcoming album, We Are, like I said, May 24th, this Friday, check that thing out. Once again, a huge thank you to Chuck Garrick for taking the time to talk to us. If this is your first time listening, because you're a Bisto Blanco fan or an Alice Cooper fan and you stumbled upon this, we appreciate you checking it out. We've got 220 plus episodes that you can dig back through. Some recent ones, we had on Mark Slaughter of Slaughter. We've had on Damon Johnson, who many of you know from his early days with the the amazing band Brother Kane. He was also in Black Star Writers for the first three albums. He recently left that band. He's still in Thin Lizzy, and he's done a ton of other stuff. He's also got a great new solo album out. We've had on, like I mentioned earlier, that list of bands that are playing Rocklahoma. Hatebreed, Bad Wolves, Avatar, Corrosion Conformity, Gwar, Shinedown, Seven Dust. All these bands we've had on members of on this podcast. We've also had on Kirk Winstein from Crowbar. Had on guys from a lot of uh, 80s rock bands like Dokken, Tesla, Warrant, Firehouse, Bullet Boys, Europe. We've had on guys like Gene Simmons of Kiss. How could I forget that? Bruce Kulick, formerly of KISS. We get out outside of the hard rock realm with people like Ian Moore, Shooter Jennings. There's a great long list. Like I said, go check it out. You can find us pretty much anywhere podcast or heard. We're on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, Mixcloud. You can find us on SoundCloud, backslash, The Thunder Underground. You can find everything on our website, thethunderunderground.com. All the podcasts are there. You can find all the socials there for our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, our YouTube. On YouTube, at The Thunder Underground, follow us and subscribe. Since we've been out of commission here for a month and a half, we haven't had a new video up for a while, but we recently started this year putting out... Actual videos instead of just audio on YouTube. So we've got stuff where we review albums, we review concerts, we review cheese as well. Go look that up, you'll know what I mean. So, with all that being said, thanks for listening to me. Ramble here for a bit and about Rocklahoma, about Chuck Garrick, and about everything else. Be on the lookout for us if you will be at Rocklahoma. We're easy to find. We've got an 8 foot long banner out there, so... Come check us out. We've got t-shirts, shot glasses, koozies. For a small donation to the podcast, any of that can be yours. You can also buy that stuff online anytime or any time that you see us at a show roundabout. Hit us up, detailunderground at gmail.com. Message us through Facebook. Get on the website and order something, whatever. It's all good. We appreciate everything. You can find us every Monday night. On WSNR1027.com, 7 p.m. Central. We appreciate them. And besides all that, we appreciate you listening to us. It's been a great ride here. This week is actually, I probably, maybe I'll I'll hold this till next week. What I'm about to say, I'll just cancel that out actually. Wait till Jason's here to say that. But anyway, this Rocklahoma will be our 13th Rocklahoma. Obviously, the podcast has not been around for 13 years, but this is the 13th version of Rocklahoma, and we have been fortunate enough to be at all 13, so we will see you out there. Thank you for listening, and until next time.
1: Thunder Underground, y'all.